don't mistake machine learning and artificial intelligence for complete automation. They're not a golden key that will open every single door in a room. They're another tool set that can be considered among the variety of solutions for any given problem. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Amin Ramashariki, Esri Urban Analytics Lead, and I'll be your host for today. You just heard artificial intelligence and machine learning engineer Alberto Nieto speak to how business and government should think about and adopt these technologies to maximize the value of their data. This is the second of a two-part interview with Nieto. In part one, he explained the striking potential of these cutting-edge technologies. In part two, here as we see above Mariana Cantor explore how location intelligence fused with machine learning and artificial intelligence can yield better outcomes for business and society. Alberto, hello, and thank you for being here. Certainly, it's great to be here. Thank you again. I, I want to speculate a little bit with you. For centuries, scientists have been advancing kind of humanity's advantage through the first principles disciplines like mathematics and physics. And although, of course, data-driven science is not entirely new, would you say that we're facing a whole new paradigm of human evolution? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I think it touches on maybe what I find the most fascinating about conversations with AI and machine learning is how different the scales are in terms of how you can address these concepts. So I, I typically try to organize it into three scales. At the broadest level, you have human society as a whole and, and the broadest implications and things that are better left to more experienced people and to other folks that are at different roles, right? And there's some fascinating concepts to discuss there, certainly implications on how AI can factor into labor and the economy and the overall well-being of, of people in general. But I, I typically tend to steer away from that scale. Um, and I try to focus more perhaps on the individual scale as an analyst, as a data scientist, or whatever terminology we want to refer to at the individual scale, and perhaps at the organization scale, where we apply the work that analysts are doing to help their, their given agencies and organizations. So in that respect, I can cover some thresholds that I believe have been crossed and some that are probably upcoming, but I, I leave it certainly up to the audience to determine whether these thresholds have indeed been crossed. I believe at the organization scale, there's definitely certain thresholds that have been crossed, especially with respect to how uh, machine learning is starting to affect which companies succeed, which companies fail. Uh, something as simple as a recommendation engine. So when you watch Netflix and you're guided to your next viewing program, how effective that algorithm is at determining what shows you like and mean uh, whether that show continues to be produced or not. <laughs> so you can consider that certain organizations are definitely being impacted at a great degree by the application of machine learning. And especially as we start coming into concepts like self-driving automobiles, a number of other factors come into play. It's interesting if you think about the conceptualization of Uber, the application and, and the service. Before we knew about smartphones, it would be difficult to conceive of Uber as a force that has taken over the whole concept of how you hail a taxi. But now that smartphones came about, it seemed like a logical next step. Of course, you have an app that can let you call a taxi. So it's interesting how these concepts can maybe facilitate other interesting new industries that we haven't conceived yet. And finally, at the analyst scale, I think this is the most important, actually. 
uh, and the one that we can probably focus on the most to be the most productive. I think there's subtle and elegant ways in which machine learning can be applied to help people today. All right, so I will return to the practical questions now. Artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning are all being used across a variety of industries. On finance, it would be risk assessment. and manufacturing, it would be about reducing product defects and so on. Retail is also looking at uh, these technologies to optimize their supply chains and personalized shopping. So how did they do it? What exactly is happening? Sure. I have financial and banking GIS experience. And uh, some of the problems they're trying to solve deal with branch placement and geography. And this actually, you can imagine this extends beyond the financing and banking world. Any type of institution or organization where you have a physical presence that provides a service to a community benefits from this type of scenario. So the problem they're trying to solve is is simple. It's they want to place the right branches in the right locations. And when you consider the number of factors that can align to make that a success or a failure, it can quickly become quite daunting. Uh, even though GIS analysis is greatly helpful in getting to, to a good answer, there are some ways that we can incorporate statistical learning, machine learning, AI, to supplement that and, and to improve how we do that. And the solutions can result in multi-million dollar decisions or in the case of applications where perhaps lives are at stake, those implications can be broader. And going back a bit further, some of the experience I also have deals with meteorology and climatology at NOAA. You can consider how they're using machine learning, and they don't widely market their use of these algorithms as machine learning, but they have historically been using this for a great amount of time to drive weather prediction, to drive climatology assessments for different areas in the globe. And you can imagine the level of implication that this has in industry, society in general. What would you say, what's your sense uh, of the rate of adoption of these technologies across the various industries? If I am in a role in a company or in a government sector where I need to make a decision on whether I introduce these technologies into my organization, should I be worried? Is it going fast and I'm behind or do I have time to really think through how my organization could benefit? I think the most intriguing observation I can probably cite from personal experience is that the rate of adoption at different industries and different organizations and even individuals is almost commensurate with how frequently the industry or individual talk about machine learning as a term itself. And what I mean by that is some of the industries that have high historical adoption rates, I would say maybe meteorology, climatology, finance, they've been doing this for some time and they don't typically refer to it as machine learning or deep learning. They're, they're simply doing this and they focus generally on the problems they're trying to solve and then revert to specific workflows that can be applied in those cases. Some of the interesting new industries where I see it increasing definitely deal with transportation, with fraud detection. In the defense and intelligence sectors, there's definitely work being performed to expand what's already been done in the past. There's some aspects of healthcare, and, and you can definitely cut it in 
several different ways, but some aspects of healthcare, specifically with uh, determining whether a network of healthcare providers is appropriate for a given location, the placement of a hospital network in an entire city can literally save lives or, or improve the social condition based on the application and on the differentiation of machine learning algorithms. And again, that's not to say that because you're using machine learning, it's going to automatically succeed, but you are provided more options and the ability to process more data to help you succeed. Retail, certainly. I think the, the advantage there is that with GIS, you have access to demographic data. You have access to a variety of new information about consumers or potential consumers, and that can drive how retail industries can design their products. And from the design of their product, then you can derive information from where these potential customers could reside. And that can be a factor in your network solution, right? So when you consider a new urban environment that you're not an expert about, but you have a process to understand what type of products are typically used by certain type of the population, and you have that data available, then you can model out the scenario. And ahead of, of the actual cost being produced, you can drive some, some recommendations to executives at, at a retail location to help inform their decision-making ahead of time. This is a must-have, I believe, especially in a constantly evolving space. Again, I'll cite personal experience in banking. Uh, traditional banking has changed over the past 10 years dramatically. You used to have people go into brick-and-mortar stores to cash in a check on a weekly basis. And this is quickly being replaced by digital transactions, by the use of your smartphone to do this. So the role of every physical branch of every retail space is really changing almost on a year-to-year -year basis, and perhaps even more frequently than that. And the ability to adapt to those changes and to quickly gather data to support or, or at least prove you wrong quickly enough to prove a decision right or wrong is, is extremely important. And that can likely drive whether a business succeeds or fails, I believe. What kind of benefits are these organizations realizing from these technologies? In the finance and banking sectors, this problem space of, of trying to determine the best branches in the right space, in the right formats. So you can consider how that can result in the success or failure of an entire industry or of an entire company. Scenario optimization is, is the term they, they typically deem here. In those cases, machine learning is perfectly suited to, or at least very well suited to, to extract a lot of information from a lot of different data sources and, and model out behavior, model out different scenarios, and be applied to at least supplement what traditional analysis is doing. Uh, GIS plays a, a very integral role in, in incorporating how not just machine learning, but a lot of other types of analysis are performed there. Again, with meteorology and climatology, you can consider how climate and weather prediction drive the economy, safety, and virtually other facets, like even transportation. Uh, when we consider in transportation the concept of safety analysis and applying machine learning, one of the first implications there is what is the weather like in any given space? <laughs> so it starts to integrate very quickly, particularly when we go into self-driving vehicles. That's going to be a fascinating problem space. Um, now that there is an increasing level of awareness and availability of these technologies, 
And as an organization, I'm interested in sort of accelerating and scaling their application. What would you say are some of the success factors I should consider? I believe they relate back to those different scales I described, the individual analyst scale and and taking that broader to the organization scale. I think one of the pieces of advice I can convey is don't mistake machine learning and artificial intelligence for complete automation. They supplement and provide more options to the analysts and their focus can shift from managing data or from intermediate steps to broader steps, right? So the analyst, instead of focusing on on a specific data management operation, can now start to focus on whether the problem itself is being solved and what supplemental data can be brought in and integrated with with the solution they're working on. I think that that greatly can impact the success rate of, of a machine learning solution at an organization. Also, being cognizant that these solutions largely require data and effort and time. They're not a golden key that will open every single door in a room. They're another tool set that can be considered among the variety of solutions for any given problem. And they likely will not be used on their own. They will be used as as part of a series of solutions or a part of a series of tools to to drive insights from data. Alberto, I recently read a in TechCrunch, an article that at Georgia Tech University, students were surprised to learn that one of the teaching assistants, actually named Jill Watson after the IBM Watson technology, with whom they were interacting throughout the semester was actually a chatbot, like a robot. As algorithms increasingly control the kinds of experiences we have as human beings, like, you know, like what advertisements we see, whether we qualify for a loan, uh, whether we're accepted into a college, what kind of medical advice we receive, and so on. How do we ensure that we continue to strive for fairness? Certainly, that's a great question. I think fairness can be generally described at a, at a human society level, but the actual rules to establish fairness are very specific to each problem or to each domain, right? So... For instance, if we consider the steps needed to ensure that loan qualifications are fair, that the steps there are very different from some steps needed to ensure that infrastructure investments are fair. So it's very difficult to describe a process to ensure fairness across every single industry or across all problem space. I think as a result, what we'll likely have to rely on is each domain expert. And and in that sense, Machine learning and AI, deep learning, they don't change how that has worked, I don't believe. I think we still rely on the expertise that that each domain has built and rely on them to implement the right steps to be fair, and also on validation and uh, regulation to help guide that. The organizations that are more successful at applying machine learning will, will exhibit greater control over the problem space that they're trying to solve. The organizations that I think relinquish human interaction and how they're developing those problems are probably the ones that are going to experience the harder difficulties in applying these solutions. So even in situations where data that the algorithms train on is potentially inherently biased, you still believe that with the right approach, you can remove the bias and make automation or decision-making, I guess, fair is the right term. In that respect, I I don't think uh, ML 
or machine learning itself would solve that, I think it's no different from any other analysis in which data can be biased, right? So the typical saying garbage in, garbage out still applies. The quality of the output will reflect the quality of the input. And, and in that sense, we need people and the people designing these solutions to be cognizant that in, in almost every case, machine learning itself will likely not get rid of the biases that a data set could have. Clearly, the speed of change is only accelerating. It's unfathomable almost. But given what we've discussed, what kinds of things do you think will change in business and government and, I guess, society, my favorite question, and what will be different and how soon? Well, let's recall those three scales that I like to consider for conversations around AI and ML. Um, you have that human society scale that is almost too broad, still fascinating and important, but um, I believe there's there's some distance and time off from some monumental change, but there are some factors that should definitely be worth discussing at this stage. Uh, and the ones I cited earlier deal with unemployment, with the implications of labor changes and and ethical policies. You briefly touched on the concept of, of bias in data and machine learning solutions exhibiting that bias. So at the human society scale, I think we're some time off from a, a monumental change. But then zooming in a bit closer to the organization and individual scales, um, I think uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and definitely uh, deep learning will continue to gain traction, right? Organizations that best understand how to apply these technologies, not for the sake of just using them, but actually to help them meet their goals at a fundamental level will likely succeed best. So I think uh, those aspects will change every organization in the tech space, certainly, and, and definitely beyond that, will explore how these concepts can be applied. At the individual level, I would say from a personal experience, from a personal journey, I think you start with intrigue, right? You're interested in these concepts because they are fascinating on their own. Uh, if you're a developer, if you program at all, the concept of a program that self-improves sounds like the holy grail. But remember that no problem is solved by the building of a neural network alone, right? No organization is looking to just make a neural network. Organizations are trying to solve some domain problem and then determine if a neural network is the right solution. So in that case, even though the 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 rate of changes is fast, I think people still need to be cautious to to understand that these are tools that require expertise and, and domain experience to apply. So people are advancing this research, but how they apply it to policy, how they apply it to, to the betterment of society, I think is is the real place where the the wheels meet the road. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you very much. It was great being here. Thanks for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Esri Solutions engineer Alberto Nieto for explaining how location technology plus machine learning and artificial intelligence is beginning to deliver benefits to the most innovation-minded organizations in business and government. To learn more about Esri's point of view on other transformative technology trends like digital transformation and the Internet of Things, visit esri.com forward slash wear and esri.com forward slash IOT. To keep current with new interviews, visit our podcast page at esri.com forward slash podcast.